The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Hope you're all doing well at the start of this week. Monday afternoon, sun is shining. It's officially game week, ladies and gentlemen. We have made it. College football is here. We had some stuff to watch on Saturday, but now we have stuff to talk about for week one of the college football season It's exciting. We have survived. We are five days away from Auburn kicking off the season. We have some news to talk about that. We'll get to it in just a second. Carter, how are you doing, man? Your boys pulled it out over the weekend against all odds. Northwestern beats Nebraska. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Hey, and that game, I I tried to tell everybody that would listen that, hey, this is dumb that we're only talking about Nebraska. It's only Nebraska. And everybody's just dismissing Northwestern. And heck, I even told you on Friday, it's the first time they've been able to get back in the football building this offseason in two years. And it showed they dominated the they dominated the the trenches on both sides of the ball. It took them a second to get going, right? Nebraska took the opening drive down for seven points. And oh, then and, and Nebraska looked scary good on Yeah, that they drive. did. I was like, oh man, here we Trent go. Palmer, I don't understand how Trey Palmer doesn't touch the ball 15 times in that game because I know he looked like somebody who could wreck that game for Nebraska. Right. And he, and he touched a bunch right off the bat. And then Northwestern started to eight total times. Yeah, and then Northwestern started to settle in a little bit. They got down by double digits Belinsky in the second half. Awesome from from jump. He did. He looked Belinsky really good. Looked awesome. Yeah, Northwestern's best, quarterback. Yeah. The best Helinski has looked in his college career. He's the, he looked like the guy that we thought he was going to be when he went to South Carolina a top 40 player in the country Mm -hmm. and he went out there and balked yeah he did and northwestern like i said they got down by double digits in the second half they come back and win scott frost yet again another single digit loss at nebraska i just don't know how long he survives over there man my favorite part about that game is pat fitzgerald it's clear he knew he said okay scott frost has not gone out here and won these one score big 10 games ever his teams, for whatever reason, can't do it. So he just ran the ball and punted on the final drive. Like right when you thought he might get aggressive and try to get the first down and really seal the game. Yep. He said, Okay, prove it to me that you can do it. And they couldn't. With a questionable onside kick in this game. I mean, it was it was weird, right? So Northwestern beats Nebraska. Vanderbilt. They smash Hawaii. They put up more points than I think I've ever seen Vanderbilt score in a football game. Hey, you know who's the best team in the SEC right now? Vanderbilt. 
They're 1-0, top of the SEC, baby. Vanderbilt 1-0. Week 0 is in the books, though. We've got Week 1 to talk about. Phone lines are open all show long, 334-321-1390. That's the number to put you through to us. I kind of lied. They're not open all show long. We do talk to Joey Blackwell, uh, Bama Central, at 2.30. We're going to get his thoughts on the upcoming game for Alabama. They'll be playing Utah State on Saturday and also some of his picks from around the SEC. And then at 3.30, we're going to talk to Jacob Hilbin from the Auburn Sports Network. Uh, we're going to talk to him about the news coming out of Auburn yesterday. We're going to talk to him about the game against Mercer this week. Man, doesn't that feel good to talk about the game this mm-hmm. week for Auburn football as the season is officially here. So Joey Blackwell at 2.30, Jacob Hillman at 3.30. But all the other times, you can call in, be a part of the show, be on the line. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. We are five days away from Auburn Star the season it's officially game week and Carter as of yesterday afternoon we have a starting quarterback TJ Finley has been named the starter for Auburn he will take the field as QB1 for Mercer Uh, your thoughts on it officially being named TJ Finley the starting quarterback for Auburn it's not surprising but it still feels weird it feels like with everything that's that's been said about him this should have happened a week ago and and I can't get over the fact that it didn't happen a week ago. Well, like something's just it feels a little off to me, and I don't know if it was. And again, I keep going back to it. Were they leaving the window open for Robbie to take it? And Robbie could still be the guy l- later on in the year. He might with with the way you hear about him improving, he could absolutely be that guy. But I'm just a little. If he was so, if he was as good as we were saying he was. And Robbie, you had some people reporting that Robbie wasn't a serious candidate as recently as middle of last week. If that's the case, well, Calzada's been out for a week and a half. I just don't get why why it didn't happen sooner. Not shocked that it happened. We'll be interested to see how it progresses as that Penn State game approaches, though. This quarterback battle has been... Just an up and down ride, right? It has been all over the place. It's like a roller coaster at Six Flags. You never know which way you're going. It started with Zach Calzada. He transfers in, and everybody says, he's the man. He beat Alabama at Texas A&M. He's got the better arm. He's the better quarterback. He is going to be your man. Even when he was injured and not playing in the spring, not practicing in the spring, nobody had any doubts, myself included, that it was going to be Zach Calzada as the starting quarterback. You work through the summer. You have your summer workouts. Everything's fine. Everybody says, yeah, Zach Calzada. There's no way that TJ Finley we saw last year could be the starting quarterback for Auburn this year. Mm -hmm. We come into fall camp. The message is still, and the thought process is still Zach Calzada, right? Everybody's still thinking, all right, fall practice is beginning. Let's see Zach Calzada take the field now that he's not injured. He'll slowly take over the job because it was TJ Finley's to lose because he was coming from last year. Zach Calzada will emerge. He'll become the better quarterback, and that'll be QB1. Well, a couple of weeks into fall practice, turns out Zach Calzada hasn't picked it up as quickly as we thought he would. And TJ Finley has improved from last year to this year. So then we start getting the word of, okay, maybe this is TJ Finley's quarterback position and maybe he hasn't lost it yet or maybe nobody's taken it from him yet. So then we started to think it was TJ Finley. Well, then late last week, 
Robbie Ashford started to get a little bit of hype and people thought well is there a dark horse possibility that Robbie Ashford could be the QB1 for Auburn against Mercer well turns out yesterday news comes out TJ Finley is your guy Robbie Ashford probably QB2 and Zach Calzada will be QB3 I mean just a weird quarterback battle weird trends all over the place and it comes down to in my opinion Carter TJ Finley can run the offense and the other two guys maybe just aren't there yet I think that's absolutely the case with Calzada. I think that was the big limiting factor as we got into fall camp is he didn't have those live reps that the other two had in the offense in the spring. I think we didn't realize how much that would rear its head until fall camp started. And you started to hear about some of the struggles with that. And then now here we are. It became a two-man battle. And I do think... TJ's knowledge of the offense being in the system longer is probably what what pushed him ahead of Robbie Ashford and this and that's why I'm keeping it open to as this progresses because we know the Robbie Ashford package is going to be a thing against Mercer 100% we know it's going to be there does it slowly start to grow and does it eventually grow into he's the quarterback we're going to wait. I mean, we're going to have to wait and see. I'm going to stick to my my original thought of and something we talked about last week was whoever was named QB1. And of course, now that is officially TJ Finley will be the starter against Mercer. I think, and like I was saying, whoever starts against Mercer, they will start against San Jose State and they will start against Penn State. So now I do think it will be TJ Finley to start against Penn State. Agreed. And then during that game, because that will be the first game of true competition that we're going to see how Auburn fares against a decent Penn State game. You would hope. You You would hope, hope. exactly. (laughs) In that game... How does T.J. Finley start? How does the first half look with T.J. Finley as QB1 against Penn State? Do you fail to get a first down and not score any points? Or do you put up three touchdowns and you're beating Penn State by double digits at the half? We're going to wait and see how that looks. But if you get the first half of that where you don't get first downs, you're not moving the ball, and you're struggling, I think at that point is where you could see Robbie Ashford come into the second half of the Penn State game and try to revive the offense a little bit, maybe like a Georgia State last year where we saw Bo Nick struggle and then you bring in Bo, or you bring in TJ Finley. So we'll see how that goes. But before we get to Absolutely. Penn State, you got to worry about Mercer and San Jose State, not about winning or losing, but about getting your ducks in a line, being able to run your plays on both sides of the football and looking good and, and just building momentum leading into that Penn State game and getting multiple quarterbacks some reps I would like to keep it as vanilla as possible in the first two weeks for sure but I want to make sure that the procedural stuff is taken care of I don't want to see a bunch of false starts I don't want to see a bunch of alignment issues I want to see because we saw the beginning of last year sometimes there weren't 11 players on the field because the receivers weren't out there enough of them weren't out there I want to I want it all to look clean you can handle these two teams. You should athletically because you are be- superior at every position. You should be able to handle these two teams, and you can keep it pretty vanilla. You and I were talking before the show. The great thing is you get to see a little bit of what this Penn State team is in week one because they have to go on the road against Purdue where they're only a three-and-a-half-point favorite. On Thursday so, night. Yeah, and so that'll be – you at least get to get a feel – 
for what the personnel looks like. Jahan Dotson's not there anymore, thank goodness, because he torched you last year. Yeah, he did. Clifford's still there, and you kind of made him look awesome last year, too. Hey, I mean, Auburn he, made he, him he, look a lot better than he was. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt about it. But, for yeah, I agree, man. For Auburn against Mercer this week, look, it's your first game back in Jordan-Hare Stadium. It's a 6.30 kick. You're at night. You get to feed off of the crowd, right? You have two straight games at home at night in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Feed off of that. Build some momentum. Get ready for Penn State in week three. But get your cornerback some reps because, look, this was a cornerback battle until yesterday afternoon. Mm-hmm. So that means at least Robbie Ashford still has a chance to get some some very valuable playing time this mm-hmm. year and could at some point be the starter. I'm not saying he's going to be, and I'm not trying to discredit what TJ Finley has done to earn that starting spot. But if you've had a quarterback battle up till six days until the season, that means the guys behind QB1 still have something to offer. And so Agreed. I think in these first two games, you definitely want to see some packages for Robbie Ashford. And not just packages, I want to see him lead some drives from start to finish. I want to see him get some very valuable reps, whether it's the second half or whatever it may be. I think this first game... You should be able to get out in front and stay in front and not have to worry about anything. I hope Tank Bixby touches the ball 12 or fewer times. I hope Jarquez Hunter touches the ball 12 or fewer times. I want those guys as fresh and healthy as possible. I'm going to see Damari. I'm fine with I'm fine with letting them get out there, get a little bit of a flow going just so they're not cold going into week three. But I don't want to put these, like especially Tank. Like Tank has, we've seen over the course of his career, mm-hmm. He plays through little nicks and stuff like that, and he and he he can play through injury. But when he's healthy, he's so good. So good. When he's banged up, he's still good. But there's a little bit missing. There's a little bit of that extra explosive. Well, that's that extra strength. And I so I want him healthy. And look who's behind him. He doesn't have to run exactly twenty times in these two games. Like you have Jarquez Hunter and you have Damari Austin, who has gotten a lot of praise in camp this I would, this fall. I would really like to, as an observer, I would like to see what Sean Jackson has to offer. Yeah, what Damari Austin has to offer, and even Jordan Ingram, because I mean you've Jordan Ingram right now. I mean, for the last two years, he's been just a guy in the room you really haven't gotten to see him at all and he's somebody they brought in in the transfer market going into last year for depth i mean i would like to see him get some some carries no doubt i really want to see sean jackson and damari austin out there i want to see how that looks how both what both of them bring to the table because i think it's fairly different one is one is a really big body guy that if I would I would really like to see in some get really big heavy short yardage moments this year. I wouldn't have an issue with that at all. Um but yeah, quarterback it's going to I want to see that offensive line play a lot cuz I want to see that unit get live reps together and continue to build that because offensive line is a chemistry game which there may still be a question mark or two there coming into this first week i think we're gonna we're gonna supposedly we're gonna find out some information today when harson takes the podium we will find out about the status of specifically i saw justin hokinson say nick brahms nick brahms yep um but i would like that unit depending on what it looks like have them get some reps together, continue to get comfortable together. But but quarterbacks, you're you're gonna see two, probably three guys. And and 
TJ's been in the offense. He's run the offense. I would like him to get some reps with his receivers, continue to build that chemistry. But I really think this Mercer game is going to be it's going to be a big opportunity for Robbie Ashford to show what he can do in live game because he hasn't been live at scrimmages because your quarterbacks are never live. You don't want you don't want anybody touching those quarterbacks. Right. Non-contact jerseys and all that. But yeah, look, man, we're in game week and I think Mercer and San Jose State as well are, are great opportunities for a lot of underrated players and guys that are not starters, maybe not even second string to come in and get those valuable reps that can lead to and to success and can help you out down the road mm-hmm. later on in SEC play. If for some reason, unfortunately, and, and God forbid, you do end up in an injury situation at whatever position. But look, TJ Finley has been named the starter. We're going to talk some more about that when we come back. We'll have the question of the day when we return. 334-321-1390. That's the number to put you through to us. Call in. We'd love to hear from you. More of On the Line when we come back. On the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back here on the Monday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins and Carter Bird with you on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Well, now that we are officially in week one of the college football season, do you think you know SEC football? How good are you at picking the winner of games each week? Now is the chance to show your skills in the ESPN 1067 SEC Football Challenge. Submit your picks every week for all SEC football games for a chance to win gift cards, prize packs, and a 12-pack of Pepsi. The winner at the end of the season will win a 50 inch uh, let's see a 50 inch 4k ultra hd smart tv go to espnau.com to submit your picks every week for who you think will win the games around the sec for your chance to win great prizes sponsored by johnny brusco's wickles pickles the orthopedic clinic and pepsi you must submit your picks by friday night prior to the games being played on saturday the espn 1067 sec football challenge at espnau.com so that is officially open you can go and submit your picks on espnau.com under the contest tab you can pick the games for uh, for this week uh, who you think is going to win it'll keep up with the leaderboard you'll win prizes at the end of the week for whoever picks the most games correctly and then at the end of the season you can win that 50 inch uh, 4k ultra hd smart tv so make sure you go and do that every single week espnau.com that'll be really fun uh, to keep up with we will uh, be giving our picks we obviously cannot win but we will be keeping our picks on there Carter and seeing if you can stack up with us and see how well you do on the ESPN 106.7 SEC football challenge again at ESPNAU.com well, phone lines are open, 334-321-1390. We would love to hear from you. Question of the day is this. Now that TJ Finley has officially been named the starter for Auburn football, how do you feel about it? I mean, how do you feel about TJ Finley officially being the starter who will take the first snap against Mercer in this 2022 season for Auburn football? Well, I, I'm i going to kind of echo my feelings last week when we kind of talked about what it would be like with this. I'm hesitant to jump all the way in on it. Um, I worry about the dynamic nature of the offense being somewhat diminished. Um, Something that would be definitely stronger with Robbie Ashford back there just because you get that, you have the aspect of he he can use his legs. And I think against big-time opponents like Georgia and Alabama, 
like I said last week, I think that can be a great equal equalizer in games where you're outmatched athletically. Um, but I'm willing to let him prove prove to me that that he is the guy. Um, I I I just I do have concerns, and that's just because the the sample size isn't great. It's not great. I think something that we had sort of mentioned earlier on last week was if TJ Finley were to be named the starter as he is now for Auburn. It's not the exciting pick for quarterback one, right? It's not the sexy pick. When Auburn announced the starter that it's going to be TJ Finley, I don't think there were – and I don't, I'm not saying this against him or anything against him because, look, we don't know him personally anything like that, but I don't think there was anybody, any Auburn fans, that when TJ Finley was announced the starter, they started jumping up and down in their chairs and just got really, really excited. And, be, and the reason for that – is because of how last year ended and how last year went and the bad taste in the mouths of Auburn fans from what T.J. Finley did at the quarterback position last year. And you can't hold that against Auburn fans. You can't be like, well, why don't you just move on? Because that's what they remember. That's what we mm-hmm. remember is what T.J. Finley was last year. And so when he was officially named the starter yesterday for Auburn football, I don't think too many people were just super, super excited about it A lot of people probably hesitant, but I think something that we have discussed and talked about is we need to give this guy a chance and at least let him show if he has gotten better because the coaches obviously think so. I think we should try and let him show it a little bit to see if he truly has gotten better and can lead this Auburn team to some offense. Yeah, absolutely. I'm willing to let him show it to me, show me how much better he's gotten. But, I mean, even at LSU, when he had a couple really bright spots, he wasn't consistent. Think back to that 2020 Auburn-LSU game here. Mm-hmm. I mean, he that was a rough game for Auburn him. shut him All down. Around, he got benched in that game. Yeah. Like, it's we haven't seen enough consistent success to really feel super warm and fuzzy about this. I'm still worried, right? I think I fall in the line with a lot of Auburn fans where, as TJ Finley's name the starter, I am a little worried. I'm like, well, what are we going to see? That's my biggest thing is what is the difference between this year and last year? And that sort of goes into what we're talking about is give this guy a chance to prove it or or disprove it, right? And so if, if the starter would have been named Robbie Ashford, would fans have felt different about this upcoming season for 2022? And you can let us know, 334-321-1390, if Robbie Ashford or, for whatever reason, Zach Calzada would have been named the starting quarterback, would Auburn fans feel different coming into this 2022 season? I think, had Calzada performed the way that everybody thought, then yes, I think you you feel probably a little more confident because, again, you've seen you've seen what the ceiling can be. And it's better than anything that T.J. Finley has shown you as far as the ceiling. And But the problem is, Calzada didn't perform. With Robbie Ashford, there's a little bit of like a energy and excitement, a, a anxiety at the same time, because it's an unknown. It's an unknown. You feel the ceiling might be higher, but the floor is probably lower. And so there's a little bit of, well... What's he gonna be? What's he gonna be? What like he could take you to probably higher highs, but he can certainly take you to lower lows. And I think the thing with TJ Finley is if it would have been Robbie Ashford or Zach Calzada, Auburn fans would have been more excited about it because it's something different, 
right? People want yeah. different, right? Because again, people you know to bench Nick Marshall, yeah, for Jimmy exactly. Johnson. <laughs> people want change. As soon as something goes bad, they want they call the change. Especially Auburn. That's just how we roll. Like when it goes bad, we want something changed. We want something different, right? That's just kind of how it goes. But I think Auburn fans, if it would have been Ashford or even Zach Calzada, if he would have performed like we thought, people would have been more excited because it's something different. And it would have been something exciting that they didn't know what they were getting into, which is sort of what makes college football fun at times because there's times you have no idea what you're going to see. But with TJ Finley, people think they know what they're getting into. And you know what? They may absolutely be right. We're going to find out in the next few weeks exactly what we're getting out of TJ Finley. Well, I'm more willing to give him an opportunity today than Friday because we saw Ryan Holinsky for my other team, Northwestern, had been really, really bad his entire college career <laughs> and then showed up against Nebraska. Yes, and he did. Awesome. Yeah, he did. Looks like a guy who can, who if he plays like that all year, he's going to be an all-Big Ten quarterback. He's not going to be all-Big Ten first team because that's that's going to go to, to, to C.J. Stroud. But, but if he plays like that all year, Northwestern's going to have a special year, and it's going to be thanks to the quarterback position elevating them. Can TJ do that? That is my question. That's what I want to find out, That, but I, but I don't know because I haven't seen it. And nobody knows. And again, I think all of us and a lot of, of people are just, they're not excited about this because they think, and we think we know what TJ Finley is. Has he gotten better? That's the question that mm-hmm. everybody wants to know. Has TJ Finley truly gotten better from last year to this year? Because if he has... I think Auburn can do some special things this year. But if it's same old, same old with TJ Finley, you may see you may see a change pretty quickly in this 2022 season. We're gonna talk to Joey Blackwell, Alabama Central, when we come back a whole lot more on the Monday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through hour number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Hope you're all doing well on this Monday afternoon. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got Joey Blackwell of Bama Central on the phone here on this Monday edition of On the Line. Joey, it's officially game week. How you feeling with uh, Alabama starting up this week, man? I'm doing great. It's always a we, uh, Alabama fans jokingly call it and or day because it's a uh, uh, depth chart day where, uh, where media finally gets their hands on the depth chart. So uh, and there's a lot of ands and ors on there. So uh, really happy to be a for to finally be college football season. Well, Joey, with that depth chart that we'll be getting from Alabama today, is there anything that you're looking for in particular with some of these positions or position battles with this depth chart that you'll be getting today? Yeah, you know, I, I think the most interesting thing, you know, we, we got it just a couple of hours ago and have a couple of breakdowns already over at Bama Central. But, you know, I think the, the biggest thing to me was wide receivers. Uh, I wrote a story on that talking about how, you know, when you look at these wide receivers, obviously I think the, the injury to JoJo Earl was more impactful than a lot of people realize. You know, obviously, we all knew Jermaine Burton was going to be starting at the X position, but then you have a true freshman in Kobe Prentice starting at H, and then Trayshawn Holden, who um, you know really displayed a lot in the scrimmages. He's starting at the Z position uh, above Ja'Cory Brooks. Tyler Harrell was also uh, second behind Burton at the X position. So, 
you know, just a, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of interesting uh, things right now. Obviously, Judge Arbel is supposed to be back in the next six to eight weeks, but he'll be out for a little bit. Um, Robbie Youth also won the tight end position, uh, you know, with Cam Watu also being out. But Watu is supposed to be heading back to practice today, so hopefully they'll be getting him in the next couple of weeks here. But for now, Robbie Utes is the guy there. So just on the offensive side, you know, a, a lot of interesting things, at least at the skill player position. We're speaking with Joey Blackwell of Bama Central here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Joey, it's officially game week as Alabama welcomes Utah State on Saturday night uh, over at Bryant-Denny Stadium. What's the what's the feeling around this program right now? Obviously, it's a it's a smaller opponent for week one, similar to what Auburn is doing. But what is the feeling around the program right now, within and from the outside as well, over in Tuscaloosa, about this 2022 season getting underway? Well, you know, there's a lot of anticipation for this team. Uh, you know, on top of it being the first time Alabama's not played at a neutral site um, for its season opener since 2011, so you wow. know, a lot of hype for that and opening in Bryant Denny Stadium. Uh, against Utah State. But as far as the program in general, you know, I think there's a lot of positivity. Um, you know, last year obviously didn't end how Alabama fans wanted it to. Um, but this year, you know, there's a really, you know, it's what we've talked about on the show before. This, this team has a really talented uh, roster, particularly on the defensive side of the football. Um, and on offense as well, of course, you have the returning Heisman Trophy winner and a, and a new slate of wide receivers this year. So there's a lot to be excited about. But, you know, the feeling is palpable here in Tuscaloosa. There's definitely, uh, definitely you know, a uh, a crisp feel to the air as, as we kind of start to enter fall here and football gets started up this weekend. Joey Carter here uh, with Utah State playing in Week Zero. You talked a little bit about it last week. Were there any takeaways that you had from watching their 31-20 win over UConn? A little bit closer than the uh, spread. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're absolutely right. It was a little bit closer. You know, UConn obviously jumped out to a 14-point lead in that first quarter, which nobody expected to see. But then, of course, you know, Utah State had that 24-point second quarter jump ahead and never surrendered that lead again. But, you know, as far as takeaways, I really like what I saw from their quarterback, Logan Bonner. You know, he had a, a 281 and three touchdowns. I thought that was impressive. Calvin Tyler Jr. was also solid. You know, running back, he had 33 carries, uh, 161 yards. Um, but on the defensive side of the football, there's definitely still issues, and we saw that in that first quarter. And this is a this, is, this team is no slouch. You know, this is a Utah State team that went 11 and three last year and won the Mountain West Conference. So this, this isn't exactly the, the easiest team Alabama's going to have on a schedule. But that being said, you know, I, I while the offense might score maybe a couple more points than Alabama fans would like to see, this defense is it has a lot of issues, and I think that's where Alabama's going to be able to exploit them this weekend on the gridiron. We have Joey Blackwell of Bama Central on the phone here on On the Line. Joey, when Alabama does take the field against Utah State on Saturday, uh, I mean, the spread's, I think, 41.5 points, so I don't think winning will be the issue this Saturday. But which side of the football for Alabama are you going to be more focused on? You've been talking about the dominance of the defense, but which side of the football are you going to have your eyes on more uh, against Utah State on Saturday? Well, it's absolutely the offense. You know, it kind of goes back to what I was saying about the wide receivers. You know, I'm very interested to see how this trio of starters pans out. You know, it's three guys that didn't start last year, and you're going to have Bryce Young throwing to them. I'm also going to be interested in the offensive line. You know, Darian Dalcourt was announced as the starting center today. You have Emil Echior at right guard, J.C. Latham at the right tackle. And then on the left side, you have Tyler Steen at left tackle and Kendall Randolph at left guard. So I'm interested to see how that offensive line plays out. There's just a lot more uncertainties on this offense due to the turnover from last year. And, you know, this defense obviously is fantastic. It's going to be something, you know, to it's going to widen a lot of eyes 
watching this defense, but that kind of proves the point of why I'm going to be watching this offense this weekend. Joey, with that offensive line, last year at times they did have their their struggles. What are the expectations for that unit going into this 2022 season? You know, I think it's going to be much improved. You know, I, I don't have to remind Auburn fans of how poorly <laughs> Alabama's offensive line played in that Iron Bowl last year. But then they came out and were relatively dominant against a really, really good defensive line in, in Georgia. So that, that offensive line had, had a lot of up and down. Um, up and down throughout the season. But I think one thing that Alabama fans can expect a little bit better is consistency. Um, it might take a little bit, a little long to develop just because, you know, these guys are going to be um, having to gain experience. But this, uh, as far as, you know, SEC and then heading to Texas, but um, you, you do really have a, a lot more veterans on this offensive line than you did last year, a lot more depth as well. Um, so overall, I'm thinking we're going to see a, a, an improved line over last year. How, by how much, though, that remains to be seen. I think consistency is going to be um, the biggest improvement this year, though. Joey Blackwell of Bama Central here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Joey, as Alabama opens up against Utah State again, they're 41.5-point favorites. At what point do you think the starters will be taken out of this game, and who are some of those <laughs> secondary or even third-string players that you're looking for for Alabama to have a uh, maybe have some, some field time on Saturday? Well, you know, don't let Nick Saban know that you asked this question. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I think, you know, as far as, you know, I think uh, what I'd like to see is um, one of the surprises on the defensive side of the football was Jaheim Otis got the starting job at nose guard split with D.J. Dale. And, of course, Otis is a guy that, that came in, lost a ton of weight, and has really, you know, kind of rocked people's worlds uh, in, in, in spring camp and fall camp. And so I, I really want to see him, a young guy, play a lot. I think he's going to play in the first half, not the second half. But as far as guys that I kind of want to see, you know, come out in the, in the second half, you know, um, I'd like to see maybe some uh, Jamarian Latham get some experience out there, also on the defensive line. Uh, Jamil Burroughs, the defensive end, the guy that stood out in the spring as well. And, and on offense, you know, when, when, it, when it comes to freshmen, you know, I'd like to – you'll probably see, you know, uh, Jalen Miller isn't a freshman, but he's a young guy that, you know, I'd like to see come in late in the game at quarterback, Ty Simpson as well. So, um, but overall, I think this defense has a lot to flex. It has a lot of depth, and even in the freshmen, and um, I can't wait to see what what they got up their sleeve. Joey, over the last few years, we've seen these first round Alabama receivers not only dominate on offense, but in in the return game. Obviously, mm-hmm. a few of them have have cycled out of the program. What is what should we expect in the return game for Alabama this year? Well, for kickoff returns, what was announced today at depth chart, we have Ja'Cory Brooks and, and running back uh, Jameer Gibbs splitting that, that primary kickoff return spot. And then secondly, we have Jermaine Burton splitting with Terrion Arnold. So with Ja'Cory Brooks and Burton there, I'm, I'm expecting to see a, a decent uh, a decent kickoff return, especially with Ja'Cory Brooks kind of shifting that to be his primary function uh, after you know being second string at, at the Z wide receiver mm-hmm. spot behind Burton. I'm sorry, behind uh, Holden. So I, I think it's going to be electric. You know, at punt return, you also have Kool-Aid McKinstry uh, and then Burton and Branch behind him. Um, so I, I, I think that, you know, well, Jamison Williams was able to flash a lot last year um, at kickoff returns, and I, I really think we could see the same. Ja'Cory Brooks doesn't have the same amount of speed as Williams does, but he, he's very, very agile. And so I, I, I think that, you know, he, he can definitely do a solid job at that position. 
We have Joey Blackwell on the phone from Bama Central here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Joey, obviously all the eyes for Alabama fans are on next week's matchup against Texas, but what can Alabama and and Nick Saban learn from this game against Utah State that can help them and benefit them as they hit the road to at Texas next week? Well, you know, I think it I think it starts and ends on offense. You know, I think that there will be some probably some shakeups on the offensive line between this weekend and next. Um, I do see that, you know, there's going to be some kinks that need to be ironed out um, with this offensive line. I think uh, Utah State would be a <clears throat> will be a, a solid, you know, it, it's always good to get experience against a team that's not your own, that you're not having to go against every day in practice. And so getting that experience heading into Texas will be invaluable for this offensive line. And the same for wide receivers. You know, Bryce Young talked today about how, um, you know, one of the primary uh, uh one of his primary goals this offseason was to get, you know, maintain chemistry and get comfortable with this almost entirely new slate of wide receivers and how he's been focused on that. And now that they're going to be in a game situation, you know, in Bryant Denny Stadium, um, and there's going to be a, a different opponent across the field other than their own teammates. Um, I'm interested to see how his connections with them play out over the course of the game. Joey, I would ask you your predictions against Utah State for Alabama, but I think we're all going to have the same answer. So some of the games around the SEC that you're going to have your eyes on and maybe some predictions for some of the bigger matchups like Georgia and Oregon and, uh, I mean, if LSU and Florida State. Yeah, I think that LSU-Florida State game is going to be really interesting, you know, with Brian Kelly coming in. Um, with, with Brian Kelly coming in and kind of you know, being his, his first game, uh, as the Tigers head coach, uh, obviously I, I believe LSU can win that game, but at the same time, you know, this, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see this, this how his first game plays out. And then that Oregon Georgia game, obviously one of the marquee matchups of this weekend. You have the 11th ranked Ducks and third ranked Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia obviously has a chip on its shoulder after, after last year, you know, and they have to come out here and defend the national title. And obviously, you know, if, if you're a Bulldogs fan, you're probably getting aggravated seeing all the preseason hype for Alabama this year, despite having just beaten them. So they're going to be playing with you know with uh, for for a lot this year to try to defend their title. So I expect them to come out and give Oregon a lot of a, a lot of issues. Um, but you know I, those those are just the two that jump off the page. I also think that that Cincinnati Arkansas game uh, this Saturday is going to be a really good one too. Cincinnati obviously making the playoff last year and playing Alabama in that first round. And this is an Arkansas team that we talked about on the show before is you know very much imp- quietly improved under Sam Pittman. You know had a really solid year last year and really. You know, the sky's the limit for this team this year. They definitely can shake up the West and have potential there. So those are just some of the ones that jump off the page right now. So last week, Joey, we asked you about Auburn's quarterback battle. Well, now it's settled. It's T.J. Finley. Have any of the feelings changed in Tuscaloosa from from last week when you said that Alabama fans are probably hoping that T.J. Finley wins that job? No, you know, I, I think that <laughs> I think that Finley is, is is the man for the job there. As far as you know, I don't really have my thumb on how most Alabama fans feel about Finley, uh, but you know, I, I do think he is the man for the job. You know, he obviously was competing with the Oregon transfer and Ashford and and Zach Calzada as well um, after Bonix transferred. But you know, I think I you know he has eleven touchdowns in fourteen games uh, with just six interceptions. I really like. I think he wasn't really given uh, a fair chance last year. Um, obviously, he struggled against Alabama, which is why a lot of Alabama fans want to see him uh, in there this year. But you know, I, I really think that he is the man for the job. And now that he has you know full off season of prep work um, as the, as the main guy there on the plains, you know, I, I really like his chances of of you know being their guy down there for Brian Harson. 
Well, Joey, it's officially game week, my friend. We have made it, and I know you're excited just as we are. Let everybody know where they can keep up with everything you're doing over at Bama Central now that the football season's officially here. Absolutely. Everybody head over to BamaCentral.com. We have, you know, with the depth chart coming out today, we have a couple of breakdowns on there as well as the full depth chart. So check that out. Uh, everybody can follow me on Twitter at Blackwell Sports, and they can follow Bama Central at Bama Central on Twitter as well as Facebook and Instagram. And thank you guys so much for having me. It's always always fun and it's like you said it's finally game week so ready to ready to have some college football fun this weekend no doubt about it well man we'll talk to you next week we'll be previewing a big time matchup against alabama and texas that's joey blackwell of bama central here on the monday edition of on the line always has great things to say uh, about what's going on in tuscaloosa we always get his perspective on auburn as well and how alabama fans are feeling about the tigers but all in all, Alabama's got a, a pretty easy game this weekend against Utah State. That's why I wanted to get his perspective on some of the second and third string guys that maybe uh, we're going to be seeing for Alabama this weekend. So always great to have Joey Blackwell of Bama Central here on On the Line. Let's check our final break in this first hour. We'll come back, talk a little bit of Atlanta Braves as they uh, drop the ball in St. Louis this weekend, no doubt about it. We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Monday edition of On the Line. On the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up our number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins and Carter Bird with you on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika sports leader just got off the phone with Joey Blackwell of Bama Central talking all things Alabama as they get ready for their week one matchup against Utah State. Uh, talk to him about expectations for the game, how they can learn from this game to put into their game next week against Texas, and a couple of his takes on some of the other games from around the SEC. So always good to have Joey Blackwell from Bama Central here on the show. But we've got a few more minutes here in hour number one. And Carter, let's talk the Atlanta Braves like we always do. And I mean, I just words can't really describe how I feel about what the Braves did in St. Louis this weekend. They had a chance to go. It's a good team, so you at least have to take that. But they had a chance to go 3-0, and man. I mean, they had the series in their hand every night. When is the last loss that that they had that you truly felt like the Braves didn't have a chance? I know, and that makes you feel good, but at the same time... It's at New York when you played the Mets. But at the same time, when you have these games and... These are the types of games that you have to be able to pull out and win, right? In the postseason, you've got to win these types of games, whether you're at home or on the road. Like, the Braves have been playing good baseball, but there was some stat, and I can't remember what it is, but it's a really bad stat of, uh, I don't even remember what it was. It was something about the Braves' performance recently over the last month or so with I don't even remember. I I don't even know why I brought it up because I can't remember what the stat was. But (laughs) there was something about it where there was some specific situation where the Braves have gone like 0-10 or something. Whatever it was, you look at the Braves right now in St. Louis. You win the first game, both of the second and the third games. You have a chance to win. And you get a blown save from Kenley Jansen. And then you get another blown save last night after Dansby Swanson hits a three-run shot. You give it up right... I mean, you give it right back to the Cardinals. And they take two of three against the Braves at home that do the St. Louis Cardinals. And in a, in a weekend where the Mets lost a game, the Braves couldn't make up any ground. They actually lost a game. Yeah, you don't love that at all. But this next series needs to be where the ground is made right back up. Because you get the Rockies... And the Mets get the Dodgers. Now, 
That's the one, yeah, that's your one saving grace is at least the Rockies went out 1-1. I mean, that's probably more than you could probably ask for from that team. But now you get the Rockies at home. You really need to figure out a way to probably sweep that. Uh, and then after that... You have winnable games for the Braves. I mean, you have three games against the Rockies at home and then uh, three games at home against the Marlins. So in those six games, I mean, realistically... You want to go four, four and two. You would like to see even better than that, maybe five and one, right? I mean, that's what you want to see from the Braves right now to try to make up some ground before they hit a, a big West Coast road trip as they play two games at Oakland, three games at Seattle, and three games at San Francisco. So, and then at the end of the season, they just get into full on uh, NL East matchups with Philly, Washington, New York, and, and, and repeating. So, for the Braves, uh, it's just, I don't know, man. It, it Against the Cardinals, watching on Saturday and watching Kenley Jansen come in and just blow it and you have no confidence when he stepped in there after giving up some hits and he blows the lead. Is this a guy in Kenley Jansen that you can put in in the playoffs to try to save the game and get the win for the Braves down the stretch? I mean, the great thing is your your bullpen has been pretty strong all year. It's I been, mean, It's, it's been, been solid. Yeah, I mean, you've Minter's been good. Kenley's been fine. You have Iglesias, who's been really good since coming over from the Angels. I mean, the pieces are there. I just, I'm fine with chalking this up as it's a weekend that it's just one of the, one of those weekends. But you need to get right back on the horse, and you need to win this series. You really need to sweep this series against the Rockies. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, and then you need to hope that the Dodgers take two out of three against the Mets, or maybe, maybe, maybe they luck into a sweep. You never know. Look, the Mets are three games up on the Braves right now. They sit at 82 and 47. The the Braves are 79 and 50. Got to make up some ground over the next couple of weeks for the Atlanta Braves. That's it for hour number one. Stay tuned. We got a whole lot more coming up in hour number two. ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Hope you're all doing well on this Monday afternoon. Happy start to the college football season. Week zero is behind us, which means week one is upon us here in this late month of August. It'll be September when the season kicks off, and we are officially here, so we have made it. Congratulations. Summer is over in my books. It is officially the fall. It may not feel like it outside, but fall is here. Football is 
us here, and we are all so, so excited. Hour number two officially underway here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. If you missed any of hour number one, we talked to Joey Blackwell of Bama Central about Alabama, and as they get ready for their matchup against Utah State, uh, we talked to him about that. We talked the Auburn quarterback battle. Of course, we now have a starter. We will talk about that as this show goes on here in hour number two. But if you missed any of that in the first hour, be sure and go and find the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, just search on the line. Again, wherever you get your podcast. Phone lines are open here in hour number two, 334-321-1390. Let's head to it. We've got Terry on line one. Terry, we have a starting quarterback, man. Yeah, pardon me while I burp. <laughs> hey, uh, Jacob, I, I don't know if Carter remembers this night before he joined the, the program, I think. Do you remember a couple of months ago I told you that if T.J. Finley was a starter, that was him kind of waving the white flag? Yeah, I remember you saying that, Terry. Yeah. Uh, it just it just mind it boggles the mind. We've come, what, nine-plus months, and we've come around to T.J. Finley? Yeah. That, and, that, yeah that, that, I, that, 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 I'm sure that doesn't bother just me. No, it doesn't. And I think it – and, you know, the question becomes, is it – is it a disappointment for the guys behind T.J. Finley, or is it a tip of the hat to T.J. Finley to go out and re, you know regain his starting quarterback spot? Or is it also Jacob and Carter that 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 you know Alan Green was let go last week, and Brian Harson know his future is inevitable? It could be. I don't. I don't know. Now, now Alan Green getting fired definitely didn't help Brian Harson's future. That's for sure. I mean, winning right. does cure all. I mean, if Brian Harson wins, he's still going to be the head coach in 2023 if he chooses. Yeah, but Carter, I hear, I hear you guys talking about it, that he's obviously gotten better or whatever. I don't, I don't buy it. I, he might have gotten better off the field in practice, but we'll see in the game when he starts throwing the ball three feet in front of the receiver, three feet behind him, or five feet over their head. We'll see that. that, that you know, anybody can, a lot of guys look good in practice. There's a lot of great practice players. And I, I just find it difficult, and I know Auburn fans generally both, find it difficult, all Auburn fans find it difficult to trust Brian Harson, a guy that went and went and had a losing record, a guy that has a terrible recruiting class and a great year, a guy that uh, blew a 28-point lead at home. So you want me to trust a guy like that? I find it very hard to do, and I think Auburn fans are with me on that. And Realistic you, ones, that is. Yeah, you know what, Terry? You're probably right. I think a lot of them are probably in that same boat with TJ Finley and with Brian Harson because of the bad taste in your mouths and, and Auburn fans' mouths from what happened last year and how last year ended. It's very easy to look at TJ Finley and think, well, we're just not going to win very many games because of how he looked last year. It's also easy to say and not trust Brian Harson because of some of the decisions and how some of the games ended last year. You're not wrong at all, and I'm sure you are not. Not alone in this stance, Terry. Well, yeah, and I've heard, I've heard people say, well, we haven't seen T.J. Finley. Yeah, you have. And then maybe he's gotten better, but and maybe he has, but we will never know. Till, we won't know till, until Saturday comes. And, and it, it's really easy for old habits to take over when you get in front of the cameras, in front of their eyes, in front of, the, in front of everybody. You're it's exactly really right. It's take over. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We're not going to know until he takes the field against Mercer, San Jose State, and then really we're not going to know until he takes the field against Penn State. That's where we're really going to learn. Has T.J. Finley actually gotten better, or was this a, a situation where the guys behind him just didn't take the job from him? Let me ask you guys this. If Auburn at halftime, if they lead Mercer or San Jose State something like 17-7 to 7 or something like that, do you think they get booed going into halftime? They get I, booed? I, I'm, not sure. I, I'm not sure if it's that. I mean, maybe that's, that's ten points. I mean, we've seen uglier, uglier Auburn performances against FCS teams, JSU, 
Mercer last time where, like, I didn't think we really booed that yeah. team. Terry, if to, all 17, if all 17 of those points are offensive, maybe not. But if one of those touchdowns is a defensive touchdown, I think you could possibly hear some boos on Saturday. I just, I just think fans are relentless when it comes to that kind of thing. And, and, and I think it's more impressive if, if T.J. Finley has improved that they, they look that much more impressive. No, well, I agree. It's really important. Yeah, I really it, think it's important. Yeah, I agree. These first two games are, are very, very important for T.J. Finley to truly prove not to just his coaches, but to the Auburn fans that he truly has gotten better mm-hmm. and he is willing and capable to win some games in the SEC for Auburn this year. Right. right. Well, guys, we got rid of Frick on Friday. Maybe we can get her a frack next. Uh, (laughs) we appreciate the call terry that's terry here on the monday edition of on the line we appreciate the call as always phone lines are open 334-321-1390 terry starting off hour number two with some good insights and look again i don't think he's alone in how he feels about brian harson and tj finley until we see results on the football field auburn fans are gonna have some question marks yeah, I absolutely agree. And going back to his point, or the, the point that we've been talking about, is this, is this TJ, do we feel good about, is this, do you feel disappointed in the other two? Or do you feel good about TJ going and taking the job? That's my big question. I personally, I can't get there to the point that, T, like, it just drug out too long to me for, for it to be 100% TJ went and got the job. The the part that I I don't think you can possibly say Robbie Ashford came in and disappointed because he came in to be that third, potentially even fourth guy, and he exceeded all expectations. He got squarely in this battle and was in it until Sunday. Zach Calzada, I think you can unequivocally say it's been disappointing. I think if you if if he was sitting here in front of us, I think if you asked him, he would say the same thing. Because he came here to start this first game. 100%. And he's not doing that. That's and, it and right there. Even, yep. He's not even the number two guy. That's it right there is somebody like Zach Calzada, who transfers from Texas A&M, who beats Alabama in his year at Texas A&M. You don't leave a school like that and come to Auburn, a school like us, to be the third string quarterback with the talent that he has. Because we know he has the talent Zach Calzada does. You don't transfer to Auburn to be the third-string quarterback. Mm -hmm. When T.J. Finley transferred to Auburn, you know what his quote was? I'm coming here to be the starter. And that's when Bo Nix had solidified himself as the starter. So you don't come to Auburn to be the backup when you already have SEC experience. And so, yeah, I think if you did ask Zach Calzada, he probably is disappointed. And it is disappointing to see that he has not risen to the level we thought he would. Absolutely. Now, there are some factors of that. We've talked about the offseason shoulder surgery and not practicing through the spring and what have you. But at the same time, You still expected him to take bigger strides than what he has. And you talk about Robbie Ashford, who was not in the picture at all, and yet he's QB2. And so, again, the question for me becomes, did TJ Finley win this starting quarterback job, or did the other two not take it from him? And I think it's that one. I don't think the other two guys took it from him. I think there has to be some sort of – it has to be some sort of combination because by all indications, TJ got better. That's what they tell us. Calzada did not – progressed the way that they had hoped he did not come in and compete the way that they had hoped but Robbie Ashford the fact that this turned into such a battle from a guy who was supposedly a very distant third in the like in everybody's mind and probably the coach's mind when Robbie Ashford stepped foot on campus I mean he was he was a great late edition bonus 
depth piece probably thought of going into this year. And then now he is right there knocking on the doorstep of significant playing time. And if you ask me, when you look at this entire situation and how this quarterback battle played out, right? Of course, we're five days away, six days, however you want to count it. Game day's on Saturday. Auburn starts their first game against Mercer on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And we just found out yesterday who the starting quarterback is going to be. And so if you want to look at some positives and some negatives to this, right? The negatives are obvious. It took this long to figure out who the starter is. You expected it to be... Zach Calzada, possibly Robbie Ashford, TJ Finley was sort of not what Auburn fans wanted at all, but yet here we are, right? Those are some of the the, the, the negatives and the question marks that Auburn fans have. What are you going to see from TJ Finley? If you want to look at some of the positives out of this, I think it's looking at the future, right? You had a quarterback battle with a young freshman in Robbie Ashford who was written off completely, had -hmm. nothing to do with this quarterback battle in the eyes of the fans and the media for a long time, but yet, like you've talked about, he's asserted himself and has become the second guy. And so either this year or possibly next year, when he's going to be battling it out with Holden Gariner, I think you're going to have a really, really good quarterback battle for the future now Do we have a coaching staff and a head coach and the same players that are in place this time next year? That's the that's the middle ground where you're like, that's where all of this is is sort of sitting right now, because the future does not matter right now for Auburn. It's got to be in 2022, because if you don't win now, oh, he 100 percent knows it, because if you don't win now, your future is it's you're going to restart. And so if you're looking for a positive, that's it. But again, Winning cures all. That's the yep. quote. That's it. I mean, winning cures all. We all know that, and nobody knows it more than Brian Harson, especially with Alan Green losing his job on Friday. Look, yeah, I mean, you can try to make, make as I did on Friday, the statement that, well, maybe this is making sure the right person that Auburn needs in that athletic director role is there in case you get to a point where you have to make that call. Brian Harson goes out and win, wins games. All of that is moot. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's it it goes out the window. If Brian Harson wins games, he's still going to be the football coach at Auburn as long as he wants to be. And Auburn fans are still questioning whether he can do that. Now, could could we be talking about a situation where he wins enough games to build up the resume a little bit more, and then maybe maybe he decides, you know. This wasn't the best thing for me. Maybe I need to go out west. Maybe a place like Arizona State that is supposedly any day going to come open. Maybe. But I think that as long as he wins games, he's like, there's, as Terry was talking about, there is a scenario where Brian Harson is the coach through the end of this year and going into 2023. Yeah. As long as he wants to be the coach and he wins, I mean, it's it's no different than in in 2003 when they when jetgate happened and and you almost got rid of Tommy Tuberville Tommy Tuberville comes back in 04 goes undefeated and stays the coach for another handful of years i mean winning cures all it's it's the exact that's the exact scenario of what happened yep winning cures all and look when it comes to to this 2022 season in the future again you've got to be able to win games and so right now the future of Auburn football and the future of Brian Harson and this entire program has mm-hmm. been put into the hands of TJ Finley at the starting quarterback position and so now I wonder with that phrase how many people listening right now just went ooh, or how many people went I'm okay with that 
I don't know. I think there's a lot more people worried about it than there are excited about it. 334-321-1390 is the number. We'd love to hear from you. And I mean, that's where we are. TJ yeah. Finley has been given the keys. He's been put in the driver's seat and said, let's go. Let's see if we can win some games. You've got two games to get some experience under your belt with the new team, the new format, some new receivers, possibly a, a different-looking offensive line. If you're looking at the offensive side of the football, you have these two games to get going. The Penn State game is going to be the game where everybody goes, okay, let's really see what we're working with. Could we see a change Mm -hmm. there? Absolutely. But if TJ Finley looks good against Penn State and Auburn wins that game handily, he's going to be the starter until he proves that he can't be the starter, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's what it's going to be is until either Robbie is so successful in his snaps in the Robbie Ashford package, if he's just explosive play after explosive play and making the right reads and not turning the ball over and it's just kind of okay with TJ Finley unless that happens like TJ Finley is going to have to for lack of a better term fumble this job and even in that regard I still think even if Robbie Ashford comes in with his packages and his plays and his drives whatever it may be and he's just unbelievable right he's just he's doing all the right things With T.J. Finley being the starting quarterback, it's a hard decision and a big-time decision and a big commitment to pull the starter and replace him with the younger guy after you've named him the starter. So I think it would have to be a combination of Robbie Ashford playing exceptionally well and T.J. Finley playing exceptionally bad. Even if T.J. Finley is just playing average or even just a little bit below average until he has that game or that half where he has two or three picks, Auburn doesn't score against Penn State, Missouri, LSU, whatever it may be, I think it would be a combination of T.J. Finley having bad play and Robbie Ashford having great play until T.J. Finley just shows he he just cannot do it. I don't think they're going to pull him because if it was anybody else, you would want them to have that opportunity until they proved they they just 100% can't do it. See, I'll, I'll push back against you a little bit here because I think if you get in a scenario in a big game where you're starting to get a, a proof of concept that Hey, Robbie Ashford is an X factor, a playmaker, somebody, a spark. somebody who brings a ton of energy and excitement to the offense, and is ripping off explosive plays left and right. And then when TJ's in there, he's not necessarily doing anything wrong or anything bad, but the offense is starting to like not hold up serve with with a team like Penn State, with a team like Missouri could, or a team like LSU. Then I think it like it doesn't have to be. TJ Finley's necessarily doing anything bad. It could be you have to turn it over to the guy who can win you the most games. And if Robbie shows that he's the guy, I mean, it's just like it's just like Clemson when they handed the reins over to Trevor Lawrence. I mean, yep. Kelly Bryant wasn't a bad quarterback. He wasn't a bad quarterback at all. He didn't do anything really wrong. It's Trevor Lawrence was a difference maker. But you know what that is? It's a gamble. It is. It's it a gamble. And, is. and so the question becomes, when is the right time to do that? And it, Because it, it is no doubt a gamble. I mean, it obviously worked out with Trevor Lawrence. He became one of the best quarterbacks in our generation that we've seen play college football. But that, that doesn't always happen, and that doesn't always Agreed. work out. And it 100% could fall through with Robbie Ashford. You never truly know. That's why it's so hard to make that decision. You've got to be 
I mean, 150% confident mm-hmm. that this decision is going to work. But I think, again, like we've been talking about, with TJ Finley, he's named the quarterback. Whether you like it or not, whether you're comfortable with it or not, you can't change it. We can't change it. TJ Finley is the starting quarterback for Auburn. And until we see him on the field, until we see if he's gotten any better, we can't make assumptions and we can't be disappointed because we don't know what 2022 looks like compared to what 2021 looks like. We can have a pretty good idea and we can make our assumptions, but you know what they say about assuming, my friend? You've got to wait and see how this goes. Are are the expectations high? No, let's just be honest, right? I mean, Auburn fans are not expecting a whole lot from TJ Finley, but we all want the same thing for Auburn to be good and for Auburn to win football games and Auburn to not go through offseason changes yet again. Nobody wants to change head coaches again. Nobody wants to see half the team leave again. Auburn, we want Auburn to be good. And so I don't think anybody's wishing TJ to be bad. But I do think a lot of people are wishing it was somebody else at the starting quarterback position. Let's check our first break at hour number two. Phone lines are open, 334-321-1390. We'd love to hear from you about TJ Finley being the starting quarterback for Auburn. We'll have the question of the day when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Question of the day here on the Monday edition of On the Line at 334-321-1390. We'd love to hear from you. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird here with you. Question of the day. Now that TJ Finley has been named the starter, we sort of talked about this a little bit, but how do you, the listener, how do you feel about TJ Finley being officially named the starting quarterback for Auburn? He will take the first snaps against Mercer this weekend, 334-321-1390. In just a couple of minutes, we're going to talk to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. We'll get his thoughts and opinions about uh, TJ Finley being named the starter, uh, how some of the players found out about him being named the starter. That's something a little interesting that uh, John Samuel Shanker had some words about today. So we'll talk to Jacob Hillman about that in just a few minutes at 3 30 like we normally do on Mondays but Carter just to kind of reiterate what we've been talking about this quarterback battle is officially over TJ Finley is the starter and I was thinking about the phrase that I had of the future of Auburn football and the future of Brian Harson has officially by him been put into the hands of TJ Finley are you confident in that statement and are you, does that make you feel good to hear that no no, I mean, it like just because the sample size hasn't been good, it hasn't been good, and we and we keep coming back to that. Again, I'm completely open to letting him prove it to me that that he's gotten that much better. But but, I mean, with the way last season ended, some of the coaching decisions in the last five games, uh, in those last five losses, don't exactly have me feeling spectacular. And then the sample size of T.J. Finley does not exactly have me feeling spectacular. You and I talked about during the break. In games where he really got hit by opposing like pass rushers, he really struggled. He he really really struggled. Um, and I and there's no getting out of the way. And I, I mean he's he's a big guy. He's a big quarterback. Mm-hmm. He looks like the quarterback, right? But when the pressure comes, I mean he's just so he's so tall that there's really nowhere for him to go. I'm very curious to continue to get a feel on what the Auburn fan base feels about it mm-hmm. because I just want to know what what the Auburn fan base is 
expectations are. Well, we're about to find out. Let's head to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. We've got Rick on line one. Welcome in. Hey, you guys. How's it going? Hey, it's going well. What you got for us? Well, okay. First of all, I want to uh, preface it by saying I grew up in Denver as a Bronco fan, which has totally prepped me in life to be an Auburn fan. (laughs) That said... My expectations are dismal for this year. I, I saw some of the, uh, I saw that pick that was thrown, I think, unexcusable during practice the other day. I just think it's inexcusable that we don't have anybody better on the roster so far than somebody that has done, has not impressed me a bit. I feel like the administration knows this. They know that it's a rough year coming. That's why they push green on really, so they can get somebody in here to hire the next coach. So yeah, well, Rick, be so negative, but you know that's that's what I see. Yeah, well, Rick, look, we're we're gonna find out, and we have uh, we do have another call on the other side, so we're gonna have to let you go. But we do appreciate the call. So Rick was talking about not having much confidence in in TJ Finley because he thinks you know he thinks it's worrisome that we don't have anybody better. Yeah. in the quarterback room, which is understandable. And again, I think that's how a lot of these guys feel, and a lot of Auburn fans are feeling right now. We have just a couple of minutes. Shane, you're on line two. Welcome in. You know, it makes me a little sick to hear hear everybody's opinion back that about do you if you guys are in there, you know, with the coaches watching them practice uh, every day and you give these opinions, then maybe you could have some validity to it, but you're just basing it on something that happened last year. And if no one can improve in life, then what are we doing? So if 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 you, Mr. Co-host, can't can't improve in life, then you're just this person the rest of your life, and we just so so we can always assume that you're going to be this person in life. This it's just it's just a sad thing that that you can't you can't let someone you can't give anybody the benefit of the doubt because of something that they did last year. That was a last year. That was a different team. There was a lot of other things that happened last year, and and like he he got thrown into it last year when he wasn't the quarterback he was probably never expecting to be the quarterback and now it is now he's had uh, an extra season with the same information he's had he's had a lot of training and in, in, in several seasons to go up to this year and and and, and you know it's just it makes you sick it doesn't make makes you think that 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 when people are like you're just trying to get trying to get comments because because you're trying to be you know this or that or if this is who you really are it, it makes me want to turn the channel yeah well Shane look I think we appreciate the calls we're up against the break look I think we me and Carter are both in agreement that the the confidence level in TJ Finley is low because of what happened last year but we both feel he deserves the chance to prove himself because exactly. he is the starting quarterback 100%. right so he deserves that chance He's going to get it. He's got Mercer and San Jose State to get the offense running a little bit, to get it working, and then Penn State comes to town, and we're going to see if T.J. Finley has gotten better. We, Especially me, and I think Carter feels the exact same way, we want the quarterback to be good, and we want T.J. Finley to be good. I don't care who it is. We talked about this last week. I don't care if it's Anders Carlson that starts taking snaps at quarterback. Whoever it may, Whoever it is, I just want him to be good and give Auburn the best chance to win. So TJ Finley 100% deserves mm-hmm. the chance to prove that. 
But based off of what we saw last year, we're relating to the Auburn fans because that's how a lot of them feel. Exactly. And until we see it on the field, we cannot. You're right, Shane. We can't make 100% judgments until we see it on the field. We're going to talk to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network on the other side of this break. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Well, as always, on Monday afternoons, we have Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network here on the line. Hillman, the quarterback battle is in the books as the week one of the college football season is upon us. How are you feeling about college football being back, my friend? Man, it was great just to really sit down on Saturday, not do much, but but sit in front of the TV. Uh, you know, we talked about our game we were looking forward to was Vanderbilt and uh, Hawaii. That oh, game yeah. wasn't quite wasn't quite the game that we thought it would maybe turn out to be, but uh, it, it was still fun to to sit down and just see live college football. Uh, on the television look i've been i told y'all last week that that wasn't a game it was yes vanderbilt's one of the worst five power five teams in the country but literally hawaii's in one of the worst situations i've ever seen right now and it's it's nothing that that the current staff or the current players have done it's all external factors that have happened that stadium is wild to look at. It looks like a high school stadium. Well, yeah, yeah, because yeah, because the normal stadium is literally condemned, well, it's falling yeah. apart. <laughs> yeah, it's falling apart. Look, Carter's just upset that we didn't talk more about Northwestern and nobody gave him a chance. But they showed up and they beat Nebraska straight up. So you know Come what? Now. Credit to Northwestern. But Hillman, let's talk a little Auburn football. As yesterday. The starting quarterback has been named. It is T.J. Finley who will take the first snaps against Mercer. Your uh, your takeaways from this quarterback battle as a whole and then T.J. Finley being named the starter. Yeah, the, the Finley news isn't the most shocking thing in the world. If, if you've really been uh, focused and paying attention to what uh, the quarterback battle, all the updates that have been coming out about it, we, we kind of knew that it was going to be Finley after the first few weeks of fall camp. So it's not, nothing surprising. Uh, I'm glad that they were – I'm glad that Coach Harson decided to announce it before before you know Saturday. You know you've got Michigan doing its thing with two different starting quarterbacks in the first two weeks. You've got uh, LSU who's not going to name a starting quarterback at all, and I like that uh, Auburn is naming its starting quarterback prior to the game where you get a full week of preparation where there's no questions about it. It's TJ Finley's it's TJ Finley's offense, and and he's going to practice like that. He's going with the ones, and um, obviously the other guys are going to get their are hopefully going to get their chance in the first two games against Mercer and San Jose State. You know, you want to get in those situations in those non-conference games where uh, some backups and young guys get a chance. And Robbie Ashford, he's the backup quarterback. He's going to be the young guy that you hope gets the opportunity. And then obviously transfers out Calzada, maybe even get him some reps in live game situations. Jacob, going into this season, do you have your eye on any maybe breakout players that haven't quite been talked about Maybe like a like the freshman Camden Brown and Damari Austin have been the two that you've probably heard the most about. Is there anybody else that you're going to have your eye on in this opener? Yeah, that, that's an that's an interesting question because those are the two guys that I would tell anyone you know pay attention to them 
and, and they're going to be the ones that are going to really do that. I'm, but tr- I'm trying to make it harder on you, on you, Jacob. Yeah. Make, make you work a, a little bit more. <laughs> hey, that, that, that's a great question, Carter. And I think I'm going to go to the defensive side. I think I'm going to go to the defensive side. And, um, you know, we haven't heard about him much, but he's going to have to get uh, – he's going to get his, his, his reps. Dylan Brooks, he, mm-hmm. he obviously we heard about him a lot last year when he uh, decommitted from Tennessee and came to Auburn. And you didn't hear about him throughout the season. But now with only two returners, Derek Hall and Echo Leota, they're great uh, pass rushers for Auburn. They can't play every play. So Dylan Brooks – has to step up. So in these first two weeks, I really want to see him uh, get some tackles, maybe gets the quarterback a few times, and, 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 and really cement himself as that third guy behind Hall and Leo, though. Talking to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Jacob, to go back to the quarterbacks for a second, the question that Carter and I have been pondering is, since TJ Finley has been named the quarterback, with this entire quarterback battle from where when Zach Calzada transferred in, he was considered to just take over and be the starter. Then we had some fluctuation here in the fall. The question we've been pondering is, was this a situation where TJ Finley he secured his starting job and he beat out the other guys, or was it a case of disappointment where the other guys didn't beat out T.J. Finley? Yeah, another good question, because I think you can say yes and no, uh, or I guess, yes, Finley took the job, but also there were some um, bumps in the road for the other guys. Robbie Ashford, he's never taken a college snap. He's uh, transferring in, and then Zach Calzada, he transfers in You know, a year after beating Alabama, and then he hurts his shoulder, and that seems to have held him back a little bit. But also, you had Finley come in, and and from what we've heard, he, he's just understanding the offense a little bit more than mm-hmm. the other guys. He, he he's commanding the huddle a little bit better. That, that's what Coach Harson keeps keeps repeating is that uh, th- th- he's just just I don't know if I, I want to say leader, but you know he knows what he's doing. He's comfortable out there now. Obviously, that that's a little bit different than uh, you know he's throwing the best best balls out there, but. You know, I, I look back to that uh, that scrimmage a few weeks ago where he threw a pass to Camden Brown in the back of the end zone. Mm. He's got he's got the ability. It's just got to be more consistent. And you know, it, it's hard to say whether it's inaccuracy or decision making that needs to improve more. But um, both of them do need to improve. And I, I think that because of the knowledge of the offense and uh, him being comfortable back there, those will start to come to him. And if they don't, there's there's other guys that can. So uh, I, I think that. Coach Harson saw what Finley could do this offseason and improvement, and he's looking for him to keep doing that in these first few weeks of the season. So, Jacob, with that, what is your confidence level in T.J. Finley going into this season? Yeah, I, I think last week I put it at a 7.5 out of 10. I think I'll stay at a 7.5 because I, I just think that, you know, it's his third year as an SEC quarterback. He got those starts at LSU. Last year he got some of the most critical starts you can get uh, in an SEC season of starting the Iron Bowl and, and battling through that with, on, on one leg pretty much. And I think the mentality is there. Like I said, I think he's got the confidence. It, it's just all about the ability and that coming along. And, you know, if he's got it, he's got it. And that, that that's what I think uh, it comes down to and, and what the coaching staff sees in him. So uh, as long as he goes out there and makes the right decisions, that's what's going to be most important. And uh, I have confidence that after a full off season, as – you know, obviously when Calzada was out, it was really T.J. Finley that was uh, kind of the one guy. And then Robbie Asher came on in fall camp as, okay, he's one to look out for. So I, I think that T.J. Finley has really grown uh, into this offense and will be doing well this year.
We're speaking with Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. Jacob, with a battle that lasted as long as this one did and how Robbie Ashford really, really kept clawing his way squarely in this battle, do you think that it was that familiarity and that knowledge of the offense and the confidence making all the correct reads and all the pre-snap checks that pushed T.J. Finley over Robbie Ashford in this battle? I, I think so, and I think that Ashford's accuracy has also been a pretty big question mark. You know, um, Obviously, some talked about Finley's as well, but I think, I think Finley's still more polished as a passer. I think that uh, his arm's a little bit stronger than Ashford's as well, and you know, I, th- I think Finley has, has a little bit more consistency with his arm uh, and the accuracy. Uh, Ashford is still, I mean, he's, he's a redshirt freshman. He's still got a ways to go, and that makes mm-hmm. me feel good about him in the future. Right now, it's, it's just tough to put, just to put that pressure on him. And, you know, you know, I think someone put it well. I think that right now, you know, you never know what can happen after Penn State. You never know. And, um, no matter how it goes, Robbie Ashford could go out there and get some different packages or even just in garbage time really show out. But right now, you know, it's T.J. Finley. And I really think that Ashford is just someone that is going to take some work and maybe even next year you could see him uh, push for that starting job once that passing is polished a little bit more. Jacob, let's talk about this weekend's matchup as Auburn opens up the 2022 season with Mercer at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Of course, the Bears, they already have a win under their belt. They played Moorhead State. They win 63-13. to What are some reasonable expectations for this game over the weekend for Auburn against Mercer? Obviously, a win is not really in the question, but I mean, just what you want to see from Auburn against Mercer, a team that does have a win under their belt, and as Auburn prepares for Mercer and then San Jose State next week. Yeah, and Mercer, that was a good win against a Moorhead State team that won, I think, seven games last year, 63-13. to uh, Quarterback was 11-17, for 17, had four touchdown passes, and uh, Ty James, a receiver, he's a guy to keep an eye on. He, five receptions, almost 200 yards, and three of those touchdowns. And the running back, Austin Douglas, had five carries for 140 yards. So um, it, it's going to be about as good of a test for uh, the defense as you can get against an FCS opponent. So that's something I like to see. And then um, as far as the offense goes, what you need to do is really just hammer down how, how these game plans are going to work because uh, I expect to see Robbie Ashford have some packages, not even just in garbage time. I, I'm, I'm talking, you know, maybe goal line situation or, you know, a third and two, just, just situations like that. Now, you don't want to, you know, do that too much, but, you know, if, you, if, you, if you've got a four-touchdown lead and you have those packages practiced, that's going to be the time to do it and, and really see if – uh, Asher can go out there and, and execute. So th- those are some of the things that I'm looking forward to is just the execution of some of the new guys, whether that's um, Asher coming in for, uh, for his own package or the wide receivers uh, maybe making a catch down the sideline, toe, toe drags, and, and just things that you know we haven't seen uh, Chick Dawson. We haven't seen Malcolm Johnson Jr. a ton in these past few years. So we want to see them really step up and do their thing and uh, the depth chart just came out, and, it, and it's interesting to see Camden Brown as the number two guy behind Shedrick Jackson, and you know, seeing him go out there and do that. I think the linebacker position as well, outside mm-hmm. of Papo, it's going to be Cam Riley and Wesley Steiner, and then you've got Eugene Asante who's coming into the program. I think those kind of groups are what you're looking for as the execution, because you know, you know what Tank Bigsby's about, you know what this defensive line's about, and even the secondary is is pretty solid. You know what you're getting out of those guys. 
um, and they'll be tested well. But I think those groups where you've got new starters, that's what you're looking for and seeing the execution there. Well, we we are speaking with Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. Brian Harson is at the podium right now, and we do have a little bit of breaking news here. Jacob, he just announced that Nick Brahms is done with football. So how does that affect this offensive line going into 2022, and what are some reasonable expectations at the center position? Yeah, and I, and I think that's something we – I didn't expect that announcement, but I did not expect him to be available for these first few weeks of the season. Uh, he hadn't been practicing. Uh, those reports are well known. And, and, and Pete Johnson's been the guy at center. He, he's listed as the starter on the depth chart. Really, it's kind of it's kind of shocking. The only or on the depth chart is that right guard between DeAndre Jones and Cam Stutz. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see how that goes um, after the first week. But uh, Tate Johnson, I think he's he's a junior that's he he was undersized coming into coming into Auburn, but he he's really grown into himself. Six four, two eighty five, still a little underweight uh, for what you like from a center, but you can use that. You know, he's athletic. He's more athletic than the bigger guys. So uh, I think Tate Johnson, he's going to get his spot and. He's been he's been practicing it with the ones for a, for a few weeks now, so I'm looking for him to take over. And um, as lo- like I said, the, the offensive line is it, it looks solid. I like Zier, I like Council, I like Jones and Stutz, and I like Troxel. And then you got some backups that can come in and do some. Al Jackson, he was a good uh, good player for Auburn last year, and then Brendan Coffey, he's 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 a six seven two ninety three guy. He can play as well. So I think the center, yeah, that's the anchor. But I like what I've seen from Tate Johnson so far, and we'll see if it translates to uh, to gameplay. Well, Jacob, we're all excited for Auburn to hit the field against Mercer on Saturday, but some of the other games around the SEC you're going to have your eyes on and maybe some prediction for some of those games around the SEC on Saturday. Yeah, man, I think that, that, that Georgia-Oregon game is going to be really interesting. I think you know Georgia's going to get that win, but it's going to be interesting to see, uh, uh, see uh, probably Bo Nix go out there as the starter and uh, play that game against Georgia, who he's familiar with. He, he hasn't performed as well against them as he has against other teams at Auburn, but um, th- that's one to keep an eye on. Obviously, Cincinnati, Arkansas. Being at Arkansas, I like Arkansas to win that game, and then uh, Utah going to Florida. Utah probably gets that game, but that atmosphere is going to be crazy in Billy Napier's first game as Florida's head coach. Well, Hillman, as always, we appreciate you and your time coming on the show. Let everybody know where they can keep up with you and everything you're doing with the Auburn Sports Network. Yeah, y'all follow me on Twitter at Jacob Hillman AU. It's a full week now. It's game week. Tiger Talk on Thursday night, and then uh, coverage on game day begins three hours before kickoff. So 3 o'clock, the Tiger Tailgate Show on the Auburn Sports Network. Hillman, we appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you next week, and we'll be previewing yet again another game for Auburn. That's Jacob Hillman on the Auburn, of the Auburn Sports Network here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Yeah, the news broke as we got to hit the break. We'll talk about it when we come back. But Nick Brahms, uh, Brian Harson announced at the podium just a few mm-hmm. minutes ago that Nick Brahms for Auburn, not only is he out for the season, he is calling it quits on the game of football. We'll talk about that and wrap up the Monday edition of On the Line when we come back. On the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502.
Wrapping up the Monday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins and Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Big thank you to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network as we just got off the phone with him talking week one as Auburn gets ready to take on Mercer at Jordan-Hare Stadium on Saturday. So big thank you to him for joining us. We also talked to Joey Blackwell of Bama Central back in the first hour about everything going on in Tuscaloosa as Alabama gets ready to play Utah State on Saturday. So if you missed either one of those comments, conversations or anything else we've talked about here on this Monday afternoon go and find the podcast just search on the line wherever you get your podcast you can find it commercial free right after the show so make sure you go and do that again just search on the line wherever you get your podcast well Carter we've got a couple of minutes as uh, we're wrapping up our show we get the news that Nick Brahms is officially out for the year and he is calling it quits in the game of football. That is from Brian Harson at his press conference right now. Uh, this, you hate to hear it, man. You really do. We, we knew there were some injury concerns going on with Nick Brahms. Didn't know what his status mm-hmm. was for the season and did not know he was going to be calling it quits in the game of football. Yeah, I don't think it's overly shocking. We had heard some some buzz that he had been banged up that – there was even some buzz that he probably wasn't going to play this year. Nothing that like nothing definitive. And you know, at that point, he's already going into his sixth year. It's probably hard to it's probably hard for him to 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 justify coming back off so many knee injuries and knee surgeries to come back for a seventh year. Mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, literally nobody he came in with would be in the program. I mean, that's just a difficult ask. So it's not overly surprising i am i am, i didn't i don't think i expected such a definitive statement today no but, i didn't either i don't but, think anybody did really yeah i mean the 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 expectation was probably today's announcement would be he'd be out for mm-hmm. the first few weeks of the season to potentially the whole year right and really with brian harson he's at the podium we will tomorrow we will discuss everything that was said from brian harson at the podium we're going to talk the, the the depth chart and the roster that has officially been released we will talk about that tomorrow on the show the drive they will be covering it uh coming up in just a couple of minutes dan and drew or dan drew and bill they'll all be talking about it mm. on the drive but we'll talk about that tomorrow but really the expectation for brian harson's press conference today before yesterday was this was when he would announce the starting quarterback but that news came out yesterday and so that's what we know so far it's tj finley is your starting quarterback and we wanted to kind of give our final take on that where i think you and i are on the same page man where is the confidence in tj finley as the starting quarterback extremely high no it's not let's just be honest it's not but we both agree i think that he deserves the chance to show if he can do it or not. Whether it's T.J. Finley, Robbie Ashford, Zach Calzada, whoever would have been named, they deserve to show whether they can do it or not. I think we can both agree on that. 100%, and that's what we've said all along, is that because I can only go on what I've seen, therefore my confidence level is not high. But he deserves the chance to prove that he has made all these improvements that you've heard about. And and he can do it in game because it is. Let's be honest, it is different from practice to game. In practice, they're not allowed to hit you. In right, the game and, they are. And I just saw a quote on Twitter from Brian Harson's press conference that Harson said that Finley's completion percentage this fall was higher than his completion percentage in games last year. That doesn't mean a whole lot to me. I mean, there's exactly. a big difference between practice and game. Let's just be honest. Yeah, and and generally when he's going to be running reps in practice, he's not going to go against the first team defense 
that much. He's going to see a lot of the second, third string defense. And, I mean, that's just how these, these scrimmages and stuff stack up generally. But I think that I think he has, especially after what we, and I keep harping on it, what we saw with Ryan Helinski on Saturday for Northwestern, guy who legitimately had been bad for three years and then has an offensive line that gives him time, another year in the system, looked really confident, really good, on time, on target with just about every throw, 300-plus yards, two touchdowns, no picks. I mean, that's that's an example of I didn't have the confidence in him going into the game. I didn't. But he proved it to me. He proved it to me, and if he can keep it up, if he can be consistent, I mean, absolutely. I mean, he deserved the opportunity because he won the job to prove that he had improved. And he did. And I think that's where we all sit right now with TJ Mm -hmm. Finley. There's probably very few people, I mean, from the people we've heard of here on the show, that are confident in TJ Finley as the quarterback. But I feel like the fan base is split between they're upset that it's TJ Finley and the other half says, well, let's give this guy a chance. We fall into the category of giving TJ Finley the benefit of the doubt, believing the coaches and what they've said. But I can't say confidence is high. (laughs) Exactly. Confidence is not high right now. Can TJ Finley do it? Sure. Will he do it? That's going to be the big question. That's it for the Monday edition of On the Line. We'll be back tomorrow. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.